Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by The Runner Report. I'm your host, Joshua Potts, and here on episode 36, we got a really special episode. Like, it's a Christmas. Christmas is just around the corner this this Friday. Happy holidays to everyone out there. Make sure you guys stay safe wear your mask, celebrate with your family and everything in between. And remember the reason for the season. Let's let's get it, let's get it. But let's get into this podcast real quick. We have a great interview with an even better guest. And I'm just so excited to dive deep into this discussion and learn where this man came from, learn his journey. And, and I really think this dude's gonna be a real threat in the US track game for years to come. And it's gonna be exciting to see his journey from further on. But before I get into this, I'm, before I get more into this, bro, I got to introduce the brother from the same mother. It's the Christmas episode, so we got to introduce family, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, on the Zoom call, bro. How's it going? How's it going? Hey, man, I'm in that spirit. My spirit is high. We're getting towards the end of the year. It's Christmas. Yeah. And on top of Christmas, it's too black. Tuesday. I haven't, I haven't shouted that out in a while, you know, but I'm really feeling in the spirit today with the guests we have. You know, I, I, I'm a Division II athlete. You know, I went to the specific, so I'm happy we got a D2 standout today. So all my D2 people listening, stand up, stand up. We got a, we got a great representative, number two all-time in a 5K. Y'all know who it is. But I'm going to let Joshua finish off this little intro, but get your popcorn ready. We got a good one. We got a good one for you. Man, we got a real beast, bruh. Adam State alumni, seven-time NCAA Division II champion, Adam State 5,000-meter record holder, number two all-time in the Division II 5K, and now he runs for 10-man elite. The definition of I went D2 because D1 was too mainstream. Yes, Sydney Kidabude. <laughs> Kidabude is on the podcast, on two black runners. First off, Sydney. I know, like, we, we're going to talk about running the podcast, but it's also December 21st when we're recording this. And I just got to wonder, bro, what, what superpower did you get? I got the ability to fly this morning, and all our black, all our black people here from Twitter, we're all getting our superpowers. I got to know, what superpower did you get, my guy? Oh, uh, you know, I, was, ooh. Uh, I mean, I was out there on my run. I was just moving smoothly. I, I feel like, I don't know, endurance, super endurance for today. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call it. Uh, I, was, I was flying. Maybe it's the sea level, but who knows? I'm, I'm gonna chalk it up to December 21st. Yeah, my, my, mine is still mine. Mine are still coming in. I think I'm an airbender or something like that. I could, you know, I, I stepped outside. It got kind of windy. I was like, "What's going? What? What's going on?" Stuff started. I static shock. Stuff started just like sticking to me when I, I woke up. I was like, "Wait, what's going on?" Yeah. That was wow. definitely out there question, but Sydney, just first off, just how's everything going? We know you're back in California now. How's everything going uh, just in this holiday season? Uh, it's, it's going great. You know, it's uh, it's it's already started. It's been it's been nice to kind of check off some things on the list. Uh, me and my roommates in, in Boulder, you know, did a little household Christmas. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of got the spirits going. And, uh, you know, I uh, now I'm here at home uh, and I'm excited to give my family my, you know, my gifts to them. And, you know, it's, it's definitely like a relaxed time. And it's like one of the few times that I'm excited to like not be running or not be racing, you know, because I could focus on, on my family and what's like most important. Yeah. And I know you were just, you were just in California for the track meet, but have you been able to come back home a lot this year to California to, to see your family with everything going on with COVID? No, no. I mean, sadly, I've just been safe, careful. Um, I didn't even see them like when I was here at the track beat, you know, I think mm-hmm. I was probably, you know, 20, 25 minutes away from my home racing. But, you know, just with like seeing everyone at the track meet, even though we we had to get those like, you know, COVID tests and everything, yeah. I, I just didn't just didn't want to risk it and knew that I was going to be coming out and, you know, two weeks after. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's been like almost exactly a year since I was back home um, wow. last. And so, you know, I'm just excited. You know, it's it's something that I've, uh, you know, I didn't really realize was like I really missed until this year until like I just couldn't come home, you know, or I just like knew it wouldn't be safe. So, yeah, so happy to be here, you know, and I get to relax. So, yeah. 
And I was really ashamed that they weren't able to see you at the track meet because you really went out there and you showed out. Like you said, you're away from home, but during that time, I'm guessing you had to be grinding out there in Boulder because you went out there. I think you, you PR'd what, about like 40 seconds in that, and you ran a 28, 15, uh, mm -hmm. 10K, about 15 seconds off the Olympic trial standard. Like you had ran a great performance. Just kind of just describe how it was to like finally get on the track and like race in such a wild 2020. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was, uh, I mean, in 2020, I got, I got like a couple chances to race and, um, you know, they, they didn't go well, like early on. And so like, I was just like starting to bide my time. And like, I was like, oh shoot, I, I you know, I have one more opportunity and I gotta like make this good. And so it was like, it was a big performance for me, you know, regardless mm. of what's going on with like COVID and the world and stuff. But then also, yeah, just coming out and having like a second, you know, good race in a row uh, for me, it was, it was amazing. You know, I'm just, I'm stoked. Um, it wasn't great. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the Olympic trial standard, you know, that like golden goal that I had. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was a 47 second PR. Like I've, Crazy. I, could, I could never be mad at that. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you're going to get it too. like 15 seconds off, bro. And y'all were like, y'all were doing y'all looking good because we were at the meet too. Like, mm -hmm. I think you're definitely on your way to getting that standard. I think it's just another race and you're there, to be honest. How do you feel, Aaron? I, that's how I feel, to be honest. No, most definitely. It was awesome to see be out there. Me and Joshua were watching. We like, oh, yo, we got two black renters taking one, too. <laughs> yeah. <this heat. laughs> yeah, well. yeah. And so no, we were. We were pretty stoked to see you see you do your thing. Um, how are you feeling about where you're at and your training going into 2021? And I don't know. We just heard about the the track series that's going to come out, but what what has everything been looking like for you and your team? Yeah, I mean, uh, for right now, uh, you know, we, we took like a a week break of like easy running or no running, depending mm -hmm. on what you wanted, you know. Um, and now I'm back to it. I'm I'm like super excited. Uh, just like my body's healthy and like that's like been one of my big struggles for like 2019 2020 like both years um mostly like blood blood levels like blood chemistry and stuff like that like my iron levels are pretty low and i just like was fatigued for like a year and a half to be honest <laughs> you know uh yeah. and so like you know that's that's why like this last race was so big and so uh you know, I'm trying not to get selfish because, like, this is the first time I felt this good in a long time. And, um, you know, I really want to press and I really want to, like, get those big miles in again. But I have to do it with caution. So, yeah, but so excited. You know, I just, it's like I'm just getting out every day, like, stoked to just, like, run for an hour, run for 70 minutes and just kind of, you know, daydream. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that. Definitely feel that. But then dealing with like all those injuries in these past couple of years and going on to a successful 2020, there was even just like injuries may have been a problem, but also just like the social unrest in the country and COVID and everything like that. How was it really balancing all of that this year and still being able like to go out there? Because I know you ran at the Michigan Pro Half Marathon as well and like balancing all those things how was it balancing that social unrest and keeping that strong mentality yeah i mean i i think i had to just break it down a little bit um you know i was i think early on in, in covid and like in lockdown and uh just kind of the protest going on I, I felt like i was coming in hot with the running and like i was just trying my hardest i was like overdoing it i would say um and i just like really felt like all the pressure of like not being able to race and like knowing that like that wasn't the biggest problem around you know is uh mm -hmm. was just like demoralizing and so through the summer um I just like I definitely checked out and running um which was good for me you know I think like I was able to focus my time on my roommates you know focus on like just working just kind of like living a normal life uh yeah. for the most part uh you know enjoying time with my girlfriend and it's just like it kind of really like rejuvenated me, you know, it felt like it was something I, I've needed for, you know, three, four years, to be honest. And, um, and so, yeah, it was part of it was checking out and kind of like not stressing about certain things. Um, and then, you know, the other side of the coin was kind of like focusing, you know, even more on certain things and 
I, you know, as of right now, I think it's worked out well and I'm kind of ready to get back on the horse on like working on all things and being more balanced. Um, and yeah, well, and I know that at, at Timmin, you, you guys really like press being a team and being together and being someone uh, like you being kind of a new a newer pro going through these injuries, all the social unrest. How important was it to be around like a very well chemistry chemistry team and everything? How did that how did that help going through that with with your teammates? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just so like glad that they're everyone is so supportive. You know, I think I would say that they were, you know, because I was dealing with so many other things, they were, they pushed me to, to kind of do my own research and, and like donate where I could. Um, mm-hmm. because like they did it first, you know, and it, it pushed me in a sense, you know, it was something that like, I'm, I'm generally just a quiet person and that's how I am in like life and like how I handle like my biggest problems and my smallest problems, you know? Um, and with them putting on like, you know, like the foundations tea where they donated to the armory foundation, like, uh, you know, having me like Sam asked me to, to, to write a tin talk if, if I was comfortable with it. And, you know, I really like just like drew it, you know, drew it towards like my experiences as a runner, you know, um, I have been like lucky to not experience, the worst of it uh but i know that like the situations that i have been in could escalate pretty quickly and so mm-hmm. it's just like my teammates who have never who have never felt that like kind of injustice uh really like made sure that i knew like my voice is like respected and that like i had a say in it you know um i think that you know it's kind of a time where like i shouldn't be so passive um you know, with like, you know, maybe the, the social media presence that I have, it's like, you know, if I'm silent to the 10,000 people that tune into my profile, like that's pretty useless, you know? And so, um, you know, I've just like definitely devoted to that and devoted to like being a, a better, a better leader amongst like my community, you know, whether it's just black runners, whether it's runner, all runners, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just want to put the efforts in and, be as genuine as possible yeah i feel like it's a very it's a very different and weird situation to kind of be in being like um as a black distance runner and you grow up in communities that you know that don't i don't really look at you and things like this happen and everyone is just kind of looking at you and wondering what what to say sometimes or what -hmm. you're gonna or what you're gonna say and it can it can be be awkward and I don't know I felt like I've seen this a lot like just like with people people not of color like white people educating educating themselves and getting into it you know they see this like fatigue feeling where they're like oh I don't know like I don't know if I'm doing enough or what I'm doing is right or what's the wrong thing and they struggle with that but what people don't realize is that like if you're black like you struggle with that you might struggle with that like your entire life you're always Mm -hmm. thinking like what do I need to do for my people. So, you know, that was interesting to, to hear that from you. Cause I, I know that has to be, I understand how that can be like a difficult situation. It could just feel weird on like, you know, you feel like you're not doing enough or what should, should I be saying something or mm-hmm. if, you, if you understand yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I mean, and like, I just didn't know where to start, you know? And uh, like why I kind of think my teammates is that just, they just got on it, you know? And, um, they kind of, they weren't like, Hey Sid, like, what are you going to say? It was kind of like, yeah. they got, they got to action and it like inspired me to, to get to action as well. Yeah. That's really awesome. Just great to hear like the, the allies that, that you have in this fight and allies that we all have, especially in the running community where like, you can feel like you not miss you're misrepresented at times. It's great to see that there's people out there. And we know there's people out there that are really fighting the good fight and trying to just, make the world a better place i guess the best way you can say it yeah but before we get more into the podcast move more into it i kind of want to rewind back in time a little bit sydney and go back to like the beginning of where everything goes and i, I think a good word good place to start is really we want to ask the question who has been like the most influential and like impactful person in your life you would say so far if that be on your running 
or just your mentality that you've developed over time or the life lessons you've learned? Like who has been that most influential and impactful person since you were a kid? Yeah, uh, I mean, I I think I'll, I'll probably mention his name a lot, um, but it's, uh, you know, it's definitely my, my adoptive dad, Juan Ramirez. Um, mm. He's the one that got me into running. He's the one that's like, that took me in, you know, when I was like seven years old, you know, it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone to Adam state without him. I wouldn't have been on Tin man without him. Like I wouldn't have had the successes that I've had without him. And, you know, it goes, you know, it starts way before I started running, but you know, it's helped. Like it's the backbone of my running for sure. Um, or he is, he's the backbone mm-hmm. of my running, not it. Um, but like his support, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, you know, it's like undebatable to me, you know, I, I don't think I could ever put anyone in that place because like he's taken care of me for now, like, you know, 17 years um, on and off, you know, I may be a little bit more independent now because I'm 24, but like, yeah. you know, I still call him. He's, he still asks me if I need, uh, if I need money, you know, the classic parent thing, uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of, you know, he's, He's like my dad in, in all senses of the word, except for, you know, being my biological dad, you know? Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, no, no question. It's, it's Juan. So and you're saying, so you, so you're from, are you from Tanzania and then you moved to U.S. or how did, how did that, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a weird story. I, I was born in California in Riverside to Tanzanian parents Um, yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, then I I, I lived there for a couple years with my parents uh, and then we moved to Tanzania like before I started like speaking a lot Um, so yeah I lived in Tanzania until I was seven years old like like Swahili was my first language Um, you know then I moved here uh, with hopes that like you know I would be living with my biological parents and uh you know that just didn't work out you know i i I couldn't even tell you those details but um you know i I just ended up staying with uh juan and his family and you know and i just became part of that family for you know since early 2004 um and so you know from then on he's you know he's he's done everything that like a father should and um and so it's that's why it's like you know I don't think that answer will ever change. Um, no. How did he? How did he get you into running? So he was. Uh, I mean, so that's kind of his connection to my uh, biological father. Like, he they they ran on a team together. I don't know if you guys oh. remember uh, Team Runners High, or like Cal or Cal Coast maybe. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So both of those teams were like kind of starting in the late '90s and stuff, and so they were teammates and, you know, and friends and, uh, wow. and, you know, and then after I, I started like living with him, like, you know, I was seven, so I didn't start running then. Um, but like, you know, once I got closer to high school, like I, you know, I wasn't like really doing a sport. I was kind of like a lazy kid, you know, I just hung around and didn't do much. And, uh, he ran, so he just like, had me join him for some of his like warm-ups and stuff like that just like mm-hmm. to get in a couple miles and i just like really enjoyed it and he like nurtured me in that like sense like so well like um he you know he just like he always made it fun like there's never like a real training regiment in those first few years and it was just kind yeah. of like you know run when you want to and just enjoy just enjoy it you know it was kind of like a gift to me and like use it when you want you know it's not like uh you know you have to get your long run in or your tempo run in or whatever so yeah and then i'm really curious it's just about when you like first started living with like your your adopted family here in california if that's not too personal just like what was it what was that first if you can remember back like what was it first like like living with like a different family because i can imagine like i couldn't imagine like at seven years old like living with like a different like family now was it like, could you just describe to what was like your feelings back then? And then I know now, like you definitely, like you said, he's your, he's, he's basically, he's your dad. 
Like, mm-hmm. how was that first first initially, though, as you started living in the States with them? Yeah, I mean, they were, I think one big thing that helped me, like, forget about that is that, like, he has a, he has a son, or he has three kids now, mm-hmm. uh, but a son that's my age, he's, like, a little bit older than me, Jonathan, and, you know, it just, like, felt like a, you know, it felt like a long sleepover, to be honest, you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's, like, as simple as I could put it, it's, like, mm-hmm. I just got to hang out with, like, my best friend um, all the time, uh, and, like, you know, when you're seven, like, you just, like, you know, like, I did miss my family, but I think that it was, it was so easy to, like, switch off and, yeah, and just be, I like, agree. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go have fun, and I'm gonna just go run around outside and, and just be a kid, um, and so, you know, that was, that was an easy way to do it, and I think one of the struggles that I had was that, like, my English wasn't very good, um, you know, i I had learned English in like school, but it wasn't my first language or primary language in, in Tanzania. Yeah. And so I uh, like, you know, I was just like a super quiet kid. Like there are probably days where I didn't say anything, um, you know, just because like mm-hmm. I had like such a lack of words. Uh, and so I slowly just like learned English in school and then got more talkative. And then I started learning Spanish just because that's like, like a home language here and so like you know that was kind of a like my communication skills like really developed like here and it's kind of cool you know i picked up a yeah a a third language uh you know i don't know swahili anymore but like you know in my life i've i've kind of learned to speak three you know good and useful languages You've, you've sort of been in like three different cultures, like, so to speak, like definitely like a Tanzanian culture, then just like American culture, then like a Mexican American culture as well. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you fluent in, you're fluent in Spanish? No, I, I couldn't say I'm fluent. Um, I can, when I, when I graduated high school, I could probably, I could probably say I could hold like a, you know, like a C level conversation, you know, B, yeah. C level, like um now i can i can probably you know if you drop me off i could probably get around but i'm not uh i couldn't say that i'm like fluent and could like give you like a lecture in spanish (laughs) yeah but you can under you could understand understand pretty well and figure Mm -hmm. things out if you you were dropped off in mexico and had to get home oh yeah exactly yeah it's like i could you know it'd be like sentences you know just like just like piecing things together, but I, I could do it. I'm pretty sure. Was there a moment? So I remember, like I was saying earlier off wax, like I remember seeing you when I was at APU, um, coming to like our all comers meets and racing when you were in high school and you were, you were killing it. I, I hadn't heard about you on what you did in high school, but you were killing it. I just wanted to ask like, you know, uh, Juan, your adoptive dad, your dad got you into running, but was there a moment when you were like, dang, like, I really love this sport and I want to pursue it full force? Yeah, um, you know, I'd say, I want to say it was like my sophomore year of high school. I got like, I just like realized that like, you know, like it was, I was getting so much better at it so quickly, mostly because I was like, you know, I was just like underdeveloped. Like I said, I, I didn't really do other sports. Um, and so just like my body wasn't like, very mature and so it was like Mm -hmm. almost like week per week I was like getting better and better um and so my sophomore year I was like we did those APU meets and like I was like wow I can like compete with like guys that are much older than me and like I was like you know what like I'm gonna you know it's like I'm gonna be an Olympian you know uh was kind of my mindset at the time I was like fully set on it and um you know I didn't really I didn't train incredibly hard, you know, I didn't like, you know, I didn't like jump to like 100 mile weeks then, but it's like, I just had the intentions that like, yeah, like I'm going to take the proper steps. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to like, I'm going to run in college, like, and then I'm going to hopefully be a professional runner. And so, um, were you on on the team at that point too, or were you just like training with your dad? Yeah. So no, so no, I wasn't. Um, I, that year, I, I just like decided to quit my team. Uh, and yes, yeah, yeah. So that was my sophomore year in track season. I was like 
my high school coach just didn't let me train with Juan and uh mm. and compete for the school and so I was just like yeah. I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna do it on my own with him because like he just wasn't a good coach like you know yeah. to be, you know not to like throw that kind of shade on him like I just no we like, feel you we feel you yeah, we, awesome. we don't want to talk like we don't want to talk about our high school coach on here we can't even talk we can't even mention his, his name on here so oh, it's all good yeah <laughs> the ones yeah. that know know the ones that know know what i'm talking about but we can't even talk about our high school coach on here it's sad yeah yeah exactly i mean it's you know i guess if he if he ever hears this you know like i just have to say like he knows he knows that i made my decision at least so um yeah and so that sophomore year i, I raced like at the a couple apu meets i raced like pomona pit serve i raced just like mm-hmm. a bunch of like 15s and 5ks and then i did like the junior olympics at the end of the year you know and that was like yeah. kind of my like entrance back into like my like age level running and so yeah that was a lot of fun and then those last two years and you did you start running again for the school uh was it your junior year or did you do your did you start running your junior year because i know you ran your senior year for mm-hmm. the high school was yeah. it your junior year? so uh i guess another funny story i mean like I, I didn't run my junior year cross country, but then okay. junior, junior year track rolled sure. around and we got a new coach, uh, coach, uh, Confer. And he, like, he was totally okay with that. Uh, me like joining the team and training with Juan. And, uh, and so we tried to make it happen, but like I, um, in high school, like I was not a good student. So I was like ineligible mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for like the first half of track season. And so mm-hmm. I didn't like, I didn't start running for the team until like, uh, I don't know, probably, you know, the meet before league or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. and so like I sneaked in and then I was able to like make it to, to state and state didn't go very well. But like that was kind of like another breakthrough in my running career just to be like, OK, like I've always dreamed of competing with the best in the state. And, you know, I made it to the state meet. And so I didn't quite compete there, but. You know, I, I felt like I had it in me to compete the next year and so made it happen. And like in your high school days, like in your league, you had no other choice but to run fast. Like coming from a league of where I bet a lot of people, a lot of track guys know Austin Tamagno, freshman mm-hmm. year, well, he ran four oh nine or something, something crazy. Then also yeah. Garrett Cochran was running wild as well. Like, mm-hmm. could you describe just your guys' battles your senior year in league? Like looking at your guys' league finals, well, for a lot of people not from California, like league is basically conference for like the high schools or whatever however people say it. so basically conference like you mm-hmm. guys' conference cross country meet you guys i think garrett cochran ran 14 flat austin tomorrow ran 14 12 and you ran 14 24 in the three mile and then mm-hmm. like in the in track you you won it the 32 and 906 and they both ran like nine-os. Like that's insane. That's why are you guys crazy. running? <laughs> why are you guys running this fast? And at a D, and at a D, like most of those schools were D three. They were D three yeah. turning up yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, describe that experience. <laughs> crazy. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was to be like it was kind of stressful. I think that's kind of a word <laughs> I would use. Like, just because like, like we would have like dual meets or tri meets and like, yeah, like. Maybe I, maybe I wouldn't race both of them, but, like, I'd race Garrett in one of them. I'd race, like, Austin in two weeks later or something like that. And I was just like, holy shit, like, when, you know, when am I going to get a break, you know? Um, you know, luckily, between, like, all of them, there were a couple times where, like, like we just, like, avoided each other, you know? Where it's like, mm-hmm. like, I think I remember one time I ran the mile and Garrett ran the 800, you know? Um, and then... You know, I think we we matched up a couple times, but yeah, like it was all about like managing that stress up until like league to where like at league you had to compete with them for sure, you know. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I remember like being so frustrated, you know, I, I remember like tears because I wouldn't like I didn't win a league title until my last league uh, race, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so I was just like, I would just kind of like bang my head at it, you know, and I was like. I remember that cross country one. I like I took it out hard. Like I took it out in like four four thirty eight, I think, for the three mile race, and like held it on for two miles. We probably came through in like nine eighteen or nine twenty or something like that. And mm-hmm. I blew I blew up hard, you know. But Garrett was just like 
you know, he was just strong. You know, he was like such a good runner uh, and, you know, took over and that was kind of it for me. Uh, and I just remember like feeling so like beat up about that. And I'd, I'd broken the record, uh, like the course record, but, you know, so did they. <laughs> and so yeah. like, it was just like, it just felt like I couldn't get a win. Um, but that's like not necessarily a bad thing because like, it, it so like, fast. Yeah, no, it pushed me so much. Like, I wouldn't have been as fast as I was without them, you know? Um, so, yeah, super thankful. Yeah, people don't understand, like, like how hard it is in, in SoCal, just in general, too, in Tough. the southern section. Like, Tough. we didn't have Austin Tomogno in, in our league, but we had some hitters in mm. our in, a, in the Big 8 as well. When I was, like, when I was like a senior, we had, like, Lane Worley coming out and, and stuff like that. Like, people at league finals running, like, Four, 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 four teens and stuff mm-hmm. like that. In other places across other states, bro, or even in other leagues, there's some leagues out there where it's like one guy run 420 and everyone else is like 450s. Yeah, especially exactly. When especially when you're talking like, I remember one of my friends, one of my homies, Kyle Bucher, shout out Kyle, but he went to Maranatha, like a D5, but he was like a 415 guy. So the next guy after him was like mm-hmm. not even not even close at all yeah no no i mean i i like i always remember like looking at the league like uh you know i would just like look at the rundown and see the other leagues and i was just be like man i could have been like a league champ in, in this one or that one but like i got fourth or something like that uh you know like in the mile i got fourth the time you know the the day that i that i won my two miles so <laughs> you know it's, it's crazy wow. but you know but it just it made me like tough you know because like I was very ready for state because it, you know, I was like the guys to beat at state were like Garrett, Austin Tamagno, and like the one like wild card was like Blake Haney who like came from Central yeah. Section, you know. But like, it felt like I had to deal with the same thing for like so many weeks, so that it didn't it didn't feel like each week was harder and harder. It was just like, all right, this is another week that I'm gonna try to beat Garrett, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's what I wanted to just bring up. Cause Aaron, look at this, bro. This dude at his senior year state meet, what 20, 2014, Blake Haney wins it, wins it in four hundred eight. Austin, as a, as a sophomore, runs four hundred nine, gets second. Sydney gets third, four hundred nine. Then Garrett Cochran gets fourth at four ten. And when you look at the colleges that these guys went to, Blake Haney went to Oregon. Austin Tamagno went to Oregon. Garrett Cochran he went to Cal, right? And then Sydney. You chose to go to Adams State, a D2, in Alamosa, Colorado. And I bet mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know where Alamosa, Colorado is at. So, like, mm-hmm. just what went into that decision of being you're such – you had to be, like, a sought-out athlete and could have went to a lot of places with the times that you were running. What went into the decision to go to Adams State, this D2 powerhouse? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I don't, like, talk about that often. Like, you know, I think – like I, I'd mentioned, I was ineligible for one year of like, or half a season mm-hmm. of my uh, like high school career. Uh, I just like wasn't a great student and I wasn't like, I was going to be able to go to some division one schools. Um, but like for my first year, I wouldn't have been able to like accept uh, like scholarship money, you know? Okay. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want to say like, you know, that was kind of the, the truth. Like, that was one of the big points, you know, I think, um, you know, like, I knew that I was going to be able to, like, take the burden off my family and, like, go to school immediately and, like, you know, live, eat and train, like, kind of off of their bill. Uh, and so that was like a, like a quick decision. Uh, and then another big thing was just like, it felt like I, I definitely wanted that, like, different kind of story. You know, I think, I feel like I sought it out um, just because I was like, well, I haven't heard much about Adam State, but it's at 7,500 feet. It's, you know, it's it's like a flat place. It's perfect for training, but no one is there. Like, you know, I kind of felt like people didn't want to go there because it was far away and unheard of, you yeah. know? And Don't like, only like 900 kids go to the school or something? It's Enrollment is probably like 2,000. 1800 okay. to 2000 so it was like smaller than my high school <laughs> uh yeah uh, and so you know it just like it felt like like that's kind of where i wanted to be like i was like itching to go there and i was like 
verbally committed to go to uh, Cal State Long Beach. And then, like, just, like, last minute, I was just like, you know what? Like, I kind of – I just, like, want to make the jump and, like, just go for it and train like a Kenyan, you know? Train, like, just, you know, eat, go to school, train, sleep. Like, and that was kind of it. That's what I wanted. And, yeah, like, it was – it's a quick decision and, you know, you know, big thanks to like coach Martin for like helping me make that decision. Cause you know, he's, he definitely gave me those facts uh, and was like, you know, these are, you know, these are the cold hard facts, like do with that, what you want. And mm-hmm. I made the right decision. Kind of like I was thinking about it. Like even when you were, when you were young, like when you were a sophomore, like 15, 16 or whatever, you made a decision to like, yo, I'm just going to train with my dad. This is like best mm-hmm. for me. You didn't let like what was kind of going around, like maybe like your peers, you see your peers, they're all on the team having fun together. Or now you see all your peers going to all these big schools. And then, you know, it's time for you. Cause like your journey is already, uh, it's not the normal journey, like no. which where you already were in high school at that point. So did that, do you feel like that made it easier for you to kind of like make a decision that was just best for you and not be influenced by, you know, I guess I would say high school track media or where all the high school stars are going? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I do remember getting those questions. Like when people found out it was like D2, I was like, they're just like, oh, are you going to transfer or are you like, you know, like, why would you choose D2 or whatever? And I just like, it felt like I didn't have to answer. I was, you know, I did because I was just like, you know, there was that social pressure to like explain myself kind of, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. It, like, like you said, I mean, something I didn't realize, but yeah, I think I was very okay with making decisions for myself, like at, you know, 15, 16. So it was just, just like another step, like um, when I was 17, like making that decision. And yeah, I mean, didn't think much of it you know I didn't think of like the missed opportunities in D1 really I was just like well I'm gonna go and I'm gonna train hard and it's you know it's not gonna matter where I am or how much money my football program gets you know and And I think like Aaron was saying like Adam State wasn't a real sought out place or you didn't really know about Adam State before you got there but once you left I feel like you guys made Adam State was already great. Adam State was already good, but you guys made like Adam State like you guys are beasts. You guys are the cream of the crop of the D2, especially winning those back-to-back titles in 2015, 2016, and the NCAA Cross Country Championships with the with the with the dyed hair and everything. You guys made like your own tradition and culture there. Like what made Adam State so special and what what was what you take away most from your experience there? Yeah, uh, I think you, you know, you, you kind of hit uh, some of those topics. I think, like, we were just such a, like, a tight-knit group, you know? Like, mm-hmm. because Alamosa is, like, a town of 10,000 people, like, you know, your friends are your teammates. Um, and so it's, like, we just, like, shot ideas, like, over and over, like, on runs when we were just hanging out, whatever. And it's, like, the idea to, like, dye our hair just, like, came out of, like, wouldn't that be fun? And, yeah. and then we did it, you know? And it was just like there's like no thought that like other people would judge us like i know that like some people looked at us and were like oh who do these guys think they are kind of thing like like, yeah (laughs) yeah and so like we (laughs) so yeah yeah like we just like like we took like the only people whose opinions mattered to us you know were, were were our own you know because like most of the time opinions of Adam State, like especially in the RMAC, like our conference, weren't good, you know, and I think a lot of it was because of, you know, us winning and being excited that we won, you know, like we would definitely celebrate and we would celebrate amongst ourselves. Uh and people just didn't like that, you know, and um it was good, you know, I, I think it was like it was so good to just always be turned inwards and be looking at ourselves and rather than like looking at other people and being like, Oh, we have to like do this because like, you know, so-and-so is not going to like it or this team is not going to like it or whatever. So. Yeah. And y'all had some, and I, and I, I know Joshua giving all y'all props, but y'all had some hitters right before you came to with like, I remember from like Kevin Bad and like Steven Tabor mm-hmm. and stuff like they always been having 
some yeah. top top dudes but like what i what really stood out to me too when you joined the team uh y'all honestly had loki had some brothers on the team like with you and elias and what was the other homie i used to uh, always see him uh, uh josh josh joseph yeah you guys yeah. and and especially having you like when elias just because shout out elias just since we're kind of we're homies with him but like when he joined the team with you, I was like, "That's dope!" Like that was a dope one-two combo that you that you guys yeah, had with yeah, yeah, you and the five and the ten. Then he had him coming in like in the mile because also like another story because people were like, "Where has this guy? Where has this guy yeah. been? How he end up at Adam State?" We talked a little bit about it before. But what was it like? You know, how did that add to the culture bringing someone like that onto the team? Yeah, I mean, I think it it just added like a. Like I think I, I also mentioned it. I'm not sure if it was off record or not, but like he was he's just like a relaxed guy, you know, and like he he didn't sweat like the little things and like I think like I was I wasn't like uptight, you know, in running, but like I was like one that like had to do everything, you know? Um yeah. and so like it definitely brought like a certain like level of just like chill and kind of like you know, like if you can't get everything done or if you can't like hit a time on a certain rep it's good like you know all it all it matters is like when you race you know um and so that was good you know he's just like and he was just like such like a good person to everyone that like it was so easy for all of us to like come together when like eli was there and just like kind of like bounce off of him you know and like you know it's we were still on a team and it's like not everyone is gonna be like buddy buddy best friends all the time you know uh just mm. just the way it works out but like with somebody like elias it just felt like no one in the room was like like you know like we kind of forgot about that just because we were like you know like look you know look at elias like he's friends with everybody you know i i truly don't think that there's anyone on the team that was like like not good friends with elias or like you know it felt like everyone could like joke with him in the same level Hey, shout yeah. out to shout out to Elias, man. He's a good yeah. dude. He's a no, good yeah, dude, bro. Yeah, yeah. He just like added to the like team team cohesion, you know. He's like, yeah, just like brought us together even more. Then another interesting thing about you guys running at Adam State is like when you guys had the opportunity to race against like D one uh, competitors. Could you just describe what that was like? And I want to bring up like if you guys, I bet people have seen like this flow track video. I think it was Gordon Mack who was commenting, comment, commentating on it and really just like, Sydney get a boot, Sydney get a boot, like coming down the last straight of Mount Sack, I think in 2016 when you won a 5K, like 13, 30, something like that. What was, and you like beat like Mason Furlick who won like the steeple for Michigan that year in like NCAAs. Like, what was it like going out there and competing against D1s, like top of the line D1s when you were just a D2 from Colorado? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that that feeling. I did have a chip on my shoulder early on. Um, I truly felt like, yeah, like I, I needed to beat these guys. Like I, you know, but like just because there was like talk, I know that like early on, like I got into heats that I probably shouldn't have been in. And I mm -hmm. know that there were like D1 coaches that were like, why is this kid in there? You know, what, what is he doing there? And, you know, I quickly like kind of proved them wrong. I think I remember my first like, 5k like outside of a d2 meet was at husky and i got third to like chez and pierce uh pierce murphy who was like third at cross that year and i was just like well you know like i'm obviously competing here like i belong here and like mm -hmm. you know after a while like i just started to forget that like i was in d2 or i was in a small school like i was just like i'm gonna line up and i'm gonna race whoever's there yeah. um and so yeah like I got through that first one and then like I kind of uh I got to that Mount Sac race and then like I still had that like just a slight chip on my shoulder because like uh Pierce Murphy was like in that race and I was like well he got me last time so I gotta get him this time and just down the home straight kind of made it happen and from there it was you know it's kind of like history you know? I mean to this day I think that's like one of my better races of, of college just because like like I started to, I started to forget like certain pressures, you know, I didn't really think about division one, division two. I was just like, I just love competing and I'm going to like mm -hmm. compete with whoever's there. 
Yeah, and it sounds like how you were saying earlier, that's kind of when you first started loving running, you know, you were kind of just out there with your dad, just not a bunch of structure, like just just running, having fun. You were going to going to all comers with colleges and just racing. You weren't thinking about like the D1 or, or D2. And it's just a very interesting story because, yeah, you took such an unconventional path to to your success. And I feel like at Adams, you started to like really uh, find yourself as a runner. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I, I just, it, I think a good chunk of that is like, um, was just that I redshirted my first, my freshman year. And so I was like big. So, because like at the end of high school, I was coming in, I was getting more and more high strung and more and more stressed about running. And then I spent a year where I just like, didn't really take running seriously. I, I trained and like, I did all that I needed to do, but I didn't race that much. And it just felt good to be like, not stressed and not like high strung. And so that's kind of how I went into my next year of running. And I was just like, yeah, let's just like do what I can and like see where that takes me, you know? And it ended up being like, you know, a big jump. I think I, it's like, I took, I think 47 seconds off my 5k PR in like a year, you know? Um, and it was just because Mm -hmm. like, I was just like, you know, just like sit back. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. If, if I'm not, uh, you know, an NCAA champ or a D2 champ or whatever. And like, sometimes like you want it so bad that like you're the only person like kind of hindering that because you're so high strung and worked up before you even get there. Definitely. And I feel like a lot of like top high school athletes, when they come into college, they feel that pressure to be Mm -hmm. up at the top, especially like that's a double chip, like being, I mean, because I feel like you were overlooked in high school but a part of that was just kind of like you like you said you're ineligible for a little bit. So people didn't see you as much, and people were so focused on you know Austin running 409 as a mm-hmm. freshman. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Blake Haney, he had the record. He ran 412 as a freshman. You know, mm-hmm. so you came from like such a California, such a yeah California, such a crazy class. But then to go D2 on top of that, that's like two chips on mm-hmm. each shoulder. That <laughs> yeah, makes you feel like you got to prove yourself to to everyone don't put yeah. much, too much dip on your chip yeah <laughs> exactly you can't can't have too much you know um yeah. but yeah no it, it put me in a place where like i had to overcome that chip and then from there i could like work up you know and it's just that's just definitely something i still have to learn is like to handle a certain pressure and so you know still a learning experience right now if we were to have like a theme song uh, for this podcast, I think it would have to be like Two Chains, I'm Different. Because mm-hmm. for sure, like this dude lived a different life. When, when he, he went the different different way, went to the path less traveled. And you went out of Adam State, a seven-time national D2 champion, killed it there. And then you went on to join Tim Men Elite and got connected to, I, I would say Tim Men Elite, uh, before you get into like describing it, the Tim Men Elite to me has become like, like, you guys aren't like the have you guys don't have the fastest runners yet like you guys are definitely everyone on 10 men is on their way to getting to where they're going to need to be i think you guys can be along be there for a long time but mm-hmm. just like you guys are now like like the top five most well-known running groups in the world i would say most definitely right next to like Bowerman, otc and in running team and then mm-hmm. it's like 10 men elite because of what you guys have done like what it went into the decision to to team up with 10 men elite and move out to boulder colorado yeah i mean you know i think number one is like my love for colorado you know i was mm-hmm. like i was really hoping i'd stay just in you know close to alamosa um just because like i think one big thing is like staying connected with my college teammates um you know like i've gone back to visit and it's been like it's been fun to just do that and be like close to my old coach and stuff. Um, and then I think second was like seeing that, yeah, the guys were on the rise, you know, like there were, there were guys that were not as fast as me in college uh, that are running faster than me now. And like, uh, you know, Drew is not that is not an example of that. Obviously Drew has like, he's always been like better, you know, faster than me, every, you know, for every age. But um, like he, 
you know, I, I saw like Sam, Sam Parsons, he like came out of college, like a 1350 guy. And then like a year later was like a 1320 guy, you know? And I was like, well, you know, like they're obviously doing something right, you know? And it didn't seem like such a crazy, like, you know, they didn't seem like they were doing anything crazy. It just seemed like they were like in Boulder doing like consistent work, you know, and they just came out the other side, like looking, you know, invincible uh, in my eyes. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that's another thing, you know, I think just like that's from an outsider looking in, you know? Um, and then like, now that I've joined the team, I think like what's helped me stay and what's like really like kind of solidified my decision is, that like the team atmosphere is like very much like my college team atmosphere, you know, like the guys are like, they're set on being teammates. You know, I know that like, I'm sure that other teams like, you know, even those like, like NN running team or, or any, you know, I don't want to like name names or call out anyone or anything like that, but like, it just, it just feels like, like, in other pro worlds or pro circles, it's kind of like a cold world, you know, it's like every man for himself. Right. And it didn't feel like, you know, some of those other teams weren't on my choice list because like of how my career ended, but like, it's like in the end, I'm glad I'm at Tin Man just because it's like, I have teammates and I have friends uh, and not just like people that are my training partners that I will try to beat with every ounce of my body, you know, like uh, at, on, on workouts or at races or anything like that it it's just awesome you know like i could get an airbnb with like all the guys uh for a race and then just like you know just like chat banter like whatever it may be and it just feels so relaxed and you know it's kind of like my uh that's kind of my word that i've been using a lot it's just like being relaxed and chill and it just very much like is that So what's up, guys? It's Joshua, and I'm editing the podcast right now in the post-edit, and my audio is gone from this point. So that was my last time speaking just a couple minutes ago. So for the last 10 minutes, it's just Sydney and Aaron's audio. So I just want to let you guys know that and give you a heads up. So enjoy the rest of the podcast. It really is a great one, and I wish we could add me and Aaron's audio the entire time, but it's just a blessing that this happened 36 episodes in, like 36 weeks straight, and this finally happened, something crazy. So it's it's still cool, though. It's still a great podcast. Thank you guys for listening this far. Uh, sit down for these last 10 minutes, and don't forget to rate the podcast, share with a friend, and if you share it on your IG story or on Twitter, we will definitely retweet or repost it on our story. And we just appreciate you all for listening all the way through. And thanks again, for Sydney, to coming on. We really do appreciate him, and hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I guess, like, it was stressful because, like, I don't know. I mean, for once, like, I felt, like, a little scared of that decision. Um, you know, I think, like, in, like, choosing college, I was just, like, it was scary, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something wild kind of like I was, I was out to like do something wild, but like with 10 man, I was just like, I want, like, I want to be sure that like, I'm going to succeed if I go there. And so like, it just felt like, you know, it felt like I had to know everything before I made the decision and I didn't, but like, that's just the kind of pressure that I put on myself. I was like, you know, like I want to go somewhere that like, I'm going to help the team and like they're going to help me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely stressful, but I, you know, I took a visit to another team and, um, I think on the other side, you know, it was stressful to say, like, I wasn't going to be going to that team, you know, it was kind of like call, you know, making the, the call, like, you know, because like they still want you to succeed. They still like, they believe in you, you know, but it's like, then you say like, Oh no, I'm not, I'm not going to, go to you guys you know it's like you know it's a bummer and it's like I hope that I can keep like those relationships um with like with those people like with that coach and those athletes uh, just because they're great people you know it's uh you know I'm glad that they were willing to take a chance on me and you know that's like something I'll forever be thankful for even though I'm not you know I'm not running for them or with them 
Yeah, I think what's crazy about you know running after as someone in your someone in your situation too, like you have ran these great times, you're close to being at that that next world class level, but you're not just picking a school. Like you're you're basically picking a career. You're a lawyer, fresh out of out of <laughs> one of the Ivies, going to visit all these different spots, and you're trying to pick where are you going to plant yourself for like the yeah. next four years? Most likely. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. Does that feel like a lot? Does that bring, is that what brought a part of what brings a lot of pressure to you? Cause you're not, there's no way you're going to know exactly what's going to happen. Like, where do you like find, I don't know. I guess I'd say, where do you find like that faith or what makes you feel good about that decision? Yeah. I mean, I think, since, I mean, what's made me feel good about that decision is that, like, since I've joined, like, I've, I've said, like, you know, I've really had the thought, like, this is my last team, you know, like, I'm not, you know, that's, this is the last big decision that I'm going to have to make, um, you know, most likely. Uh, and, like, I'm excited for that, you know, like, I'm excited to finish my career out in, in Boulder, Colorado with Tin Man, you know, um, you know, whether that's in two years or that's like eight years or 10 years, like I'm, I'm up for it, you know? And so like, I'm at that point where I'm just like, you know, I've kind of thrown the reins off and like, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go where like, yeah, go where this takes me. So I feel that also, I was going to say like with your team now, because when you're at Adam state, you know, you guys are known for doing the hair and everything and Adam state, I mean, might not everyone, not, not not know who they are, but if you're a D2 athlete, you know who Adam State is. A lot of D1s, they know who they are, too, because people are always comparing how good your cross-country team is and everything. Now you're on Tim in with with this big YouTube presence. Do you feel do you feel that, like, because uh, y'all get some hate. Y'all have some love, though. Everybody, lo- I mean, yeah. People love yeah. Tim in. People love Tim in. Oh, like, definitely. There's definitely other teams out there that – that don't like what y'all are doing or I don't, they just hate it. They just hate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that, that's okay. You know, um, you know, again, it's like, uh, like I was saying about Adam state, like it's all about like looking inwards and being like, what can we do better? Like for us and for the people that support us, you know, um, you know, it's, it's just all about like focusing on those positives, you know, like, um, you know, it's like if we look at those negatives and give them any sort of weight, like they ruin like a great performance or a great, you know, great team that we have, a great culture that we have. And, you know, it's it's just all about like realizing that, yeah, there there are so many more positives um, and it's just easy to like point out the negatives in, the, in a whole sea of positives. <laughs> you know, they, they just kind of stick out like a sore thumb, but they're not really that big, you know. They look big. They aren't. <laughs> Y'all really are changing the game. Y'all really laying, like, Timmin really laid out a blueprint for all these different clubs. And mm-hmm. the viewership you, you guys are attracting, you know, getting Adidas on board with mm-hmm. that, like, that, that's pushing the culture forward. So, like, I respect 100% everything y'all doing. To know that there's people out there, want you know, there's fans out there. There's people out here that really like look up and get inspired to what you guys are doing so that's that's awesome bro people stopping you in the airport to take pictures like yeah 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 i was like yeah no i mean you know nothing big and i was like i was just excited by that because i was like well i mean you know i would have never thought that was gonna happen i was like yeah i'm just i'm in a random airport in the country like you know i i had a sweatshirt on but like nothing you know, nothing imposing. I didn't have a big sign saying like, I'm, I'm on Tin Man Elite, you know? And like, so like both the people were like, you know, they like called my name out from, uh, you know, just like a few feet away. And I was like, you know, who is that? And then, you know, just asked for a pick and I kind of kept moving, but yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm just like thankful for that support. Didn't know, you know, uh, it makes, you know, it makes me feel good to be like, yeah, just to feel like I have that, like, presence and that i have that like influence and you know i don't want to be like greedy or power hungry or whatever you know like i don't want to i don't want it i don't want it just to have it you know i want to do something with it 
The other question I want to ask, you know, I'd be covering everything in the random world, be nerding out. <laughs> hey, who is, what is this Westfly Athletics beef? Is this a real beef? What is this? I I don't know. I'm not I I truly don't know myself. I mean, I was at the track meet actually, like I mean it's funny, like I mean, I think that uh you know, the guys are the guys are pretty nice to be honest. Like I haven't I haven't met all of them. Like I haven't met um, the the CEO or the leader, I guess uh, Everett. But like, like Shout Casey, out yeah, Casey. Casey gave me a hug after my race. He was like, "Good job, man." And then like, Farah was, you know, did the same. Like it was like, buddy, buddy. And it was like, like I'm I'm very willing to accept that because like I don't really I don't really care for conflict or like I don't really want that. But like, I was like brought back because I was like, oh, I thought like I thought that they didn't like us or whatever but like maybe it's just led by like one person you know and you know it, it, it seems like Everett's kind of like living in the shadow of like these guys because these guys are running respectable times they're putting themselves out there and he's kind of talking you know saying a lot of stuff like like through their performances and not through his and so uh you know I have nothing but respect for Casey Farah, you know, they, they're like consistently putting it out there and being like savvy, you know, savvy and tough racers, uh, between both of them. So, um, couldn't tell you that there's like real beef, but you know, I, I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not saying there needs to be beef, but I do like a good a rivalry. I don't know if I, I probably said that word wrong. Rivalry. Mm-hmm. I can barely say it, but anyways, are you guys open to having like these rivals? Because there's all these other. I just feel like there's so many teams that are seeing the blueprint Timmin laid out and mm-hmm. how the sponsorship came, Drew, and all that. And there's other people that that want that, and I feel like that's. I feel like, I think I feel like people are just jealous, low key. That's why I think people hate. That's no, I'm, fair, fair. I mean, you know, it's. I think like because we are doing it so different, like. The, you know, it's like there's going to be some backlash. And so that's to be expected, um, you know, but I think we're putting, you know, we're doing our best to say like, hey, this is this is like how we're doing it and this is how we're successful. And it's like we're OK with people, you know, doing the same thing because like that's how you push the sport forward. You know, you don't like have secrets and keep them to yourself. You know, you're transparent and you're like, you know, like we want to push like the next generation forward you know it's like we may i may not be the olympic gold medalist or the olympian or whatever but it's like if like i can inspire somebody to like shoot for what i'm shooting for it's gonna it's like worth so much more than like being mad at somebody else for trying something new um you know i think that like running is like it kind of it shames it shames the new things but it's like very stubborn and keeps the kind of the old ways that don't work. Um, you know, that's just kind of how the, the running community is. And so it's like, they're just so like stubborn to change and, you know, we, we want to change that. That kind of starts with like, you know, the younger generations. Um, yeah. Also, I had another question, a 10 minute question. Who is, who is the, your favorite person to hang out with on Timmin, or who's the like who's the funniest? Who do you kick it with most? Who do I? Uh, I mean, some of my roommates for sure, like Aaron and and Brian. Uh, Aaron's like a little bit more busy than me. He just does like a little bit more stuff for like for the business and uh, of Tin Man, and and so he's out of the house a lot. But Brian, he's like almost always home, and he's just like a good person to talk to. You know, I think like the conversations with him are just like easy free flowing and um you know yeah and usually pretty fun and so uh you know i'd have to say brian braza like big shot shout out to him i'd say like one of the funnier guys that um to hang out with and somebody that i was gonna say should be on the on the podcast is jermaine um jermaine jermaine's hilarious yeah yeah exactly and he's you know he's got his own experiences uh you know, I think he has like an interesting story just being a foreign guy coming to the States and going to being a black guy from the UK, going to Kentucky school. And, uh, you know, it, you know, I really oh, haven't. Asked, yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a journey for sure. And so that's why, um, 
that's how I'd say he'd be a great uh, guest. But um, yeah, Jermaine, always funny, always fun to hang out with. And it's like, it's always like a, a like a lively mood, you know, like, yeah. like if Jermaine's in the room, like your energy kind of goes up as well. And so, yeah, those two. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that like, you know, I want to be an example of like, just kind of staying on the gas and staying like just keep pressing you know I think that like my last few years of running haven't been ideal for me you know of like you know I haven't broken you know I haven't run under 14 minutes in over a year you know but I'm slowly like I'm slowly inching my way back you know um um you know in college like I had some pretty rough performances uh towards the end there and like you know, like I intend to keep pushing until like, like until I run out of chances, you know? Um, and so it's like, hopefully one of these chances in the next decade uh, are the one, you know, give me like, are the ones that I hit right and I make an Olympic team or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, regardless of where I end up, like I, I want to just kind of show that like, you know, investing in yourself and putting in the time is like, totally worth it because like even though i haven't made an olympic team or i haven't had the best of the best so far i'm having a great time and i i just enjoy getting out to run every day and and pushing my body thanks again sid for for coming on appreciate it super excited for you happy that yeah we're happy to see you get that pr at the track meet i haven't yeah because mm-hmm. i've been just following your career for a while because i mean we're not that much different in age and I ran at, at, at D2. So just excited to see what you have like going forward, bro. So definitely, definitely rooting for you. Keep on putting on for California. I'm gonna say the IE now. Now I know that you were born in the IE. You you and the <laughs> IE family now too. Putting yeah. on for the IE, putting on for uh, the black runners out there. But it was definitely, definitely dope to hear, hear your story, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys having me on and you know, for doing what you guys are doing. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting, you know, it's gonna, it's, it pushes me, you know, and it, like, I, I realize that like, we do need a, a voice and, uh, you know, you guys are leading the charge as, as, uh, you know, two black runners and two people that just want to push like the sport forward in general. Um, uh, and you know, with the use of like your position and, um, you know, yeah, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I hope that like, you know, we could do this again maybe or you know i'll I'll keep listening 